0: Cantos forty nine to fifty one of Book Three of the Ramayan of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by omo one two three. Canto forty nine. The Rape of Sita. The rakshas monarch at addressed, his hands a while together pressed and straight before her startled eyes stood monstrous in his giant size. turned to the lady with the law of eloquence he spoke once more thou scars he cried hast heard aright the glories of my power and might i born sublime in air can stand and with these arms upheave the land drink the deep flood of ocean dry and death with conquering force defy Pierce the great sun with furious dart, and to her depths cleave art apart. See thou whom love and beauty blind, I wear its form as wields my mind. As does his spake in burning ire, his glowing eyes were red with fire, his gentle garb aside was thrown. AND ALL HIS NATIVE SHAPE WAS SOWN, TERRIFIC, MONSTROUS, WILD AND dread, AS THE DARK GOD WHO RULES THE DEAD, HIS FIERY EYES IN FURY ROLLED, HIS LIMBS WERE DECKED WITH GLITTERING GOLD, LIKE SOME DARK CLOUD THE MONSTER SHOWED, AND HIS FIERCE BREAST WITH FURY GLOWED. THE TEN-FACED ROVER OF THE NIGHT, WITH TWENTY ARMS EXPOSED TO SIGHT, His saintly guise aside had laid, and all his giant height displayed. Attired in robes of crimson dye, he stood and watched with angry eye, The lady in her bright array, resplendent as the dawn of day, when from the east the sunbeams break, and to the dark haired lady spake, If thou would call that lord thine own, whose fame in every world is known look kindly on my love and be bride of a concert meet for thee with me, let blissful years be spent for never thy choice shalt thou repent no deed of mine shall ever displease my darling as she leaves at ease thy love for mortal man resign and to a woe lord incline ah foolish lady seeming wise in thine own weak and partial eyes, by what fair graces art thou held to Rama from his realm expelled? Misfortunes all his life attend, and his brief days are near their end. Unworthy prince, in form of mind, a woman spoke, and he resigned his home and kingdom, and withdrew from troops of friends and retinue, and sought this forest dark and dread, by Saviour's beasts inhabited. Does Ravanage the lady meet, for love, whose words were soft and sweet, near and more near the giant pressed, as love's hot fire inflamed his breast. The leader of the giant crew, his arm around the lady tree, does Buddha with ill and might steals Rohini's delicious light one hand her glorious dresses grasped one with its ruthless pressure clasped the body of his lovely prize the metal dame with lotus eyes the sylvan guards in wild alarm marked his huge tit and ponderous arm and from that deathlike presence fled of mountain-size and towering head then seen was ravan's magic car a glow with gold which blazed afar, the mighty car which asses drew, thundering as it onward flew. He spared not harsher rebuilt to chide, the lady as she moaned and cried, Then with his arm about her waist, his captive in the car he placed. In vain he threatened, long and shrill, rang out her lamentations teal. O Rama which no fear could stay. But her dear lord was far away. Then rose the fiend, and to the skies Bore his poor helpless struggling prize, Hurrying through the air above, The dame who loaded his proffered love. So might a soaring eagle bear A serpent's concert through the air. As on he bore her through the sky, She shrieked aloud her bitter cry, as when some wretched lips complain, In agony of maddening pain. O Lakshman, thou whose joy is teal, To do thine elder brother's will, This fiend who all disguises wears, From Rama's side his darling tears. Thou who couldst leave bliss, fortune all, Your life itself at duty's call, dost thou not see this outrage done, To helpless me, O Raghu's son, it is thine, O victor of the foe, to bring the hoftiest spirit low. How canst thou such an outrage see and let the guilty fiend go free? Ah, seldom in a moment's time comes be the fruit of sin and crime, but in the day of harvest pain comes like the ripening of the grain. So thou whom fate and folly lead, the ruin for the guilted deed shall die by Rama's arm ere long, a dreadful death for hideous wrong. Ah, too successful in the ends are Queen Keke and her friends, when virtuous Rama, dear to fame, is mourning for his ravished dame. Ah me, ah me, a long farewell to lawn and glade and forest dell in Janisthan's wild region where the casier trees are bright and fair with all your tongues to rama say that ravan bears his wife away farewell a long farewell to thee o pleasant stream Godavari, whose rippling waves are ever steered by many a glad wild water-bird all the air to rama's ear relate the giant's deed and sita's fate o all ye gods who love this ground where trees of every leaf abound, tell Rama, I am stolen hence. I pray you all with reverence, O oh, all the living things beside that these dark boughs and coverts hide here flocks of birds, here troops of deer, I call on you my prayer to hear all year the Rama's ear proclaim that Ravan tears away his dame. With forceful arms, his darling wife, dearer to Rama than his life. Oh, if he knew I dwelt in hell, My mighty lord, I know full well, Would bring me conqueror back to-day, Though you self reclaimed his prey. Thus from the air the lady sent, With piteous voice her last lament, And as she wept she chanced to see, the vulture on a lofty tree as ravan bore her swiftly by on the dear bird she bent her eye and with a voice which war made faint renewed to him her wild complaint o oh, see the king who rules the race of giants cruel fierce, and bays ravan the spoiler bears me hands the helpless prey of violence this fiend who roves in midnight shade, by thee, dear bird can never be stayed, for he is armed and fierce and strong, triumphant in the power to wrong. For thee remains one only task to do, kind friend, the thing I ask: to ramazir by thee be born, how Sita from her home is torn, and to the valiant Lakshman tell the giants did and what befell. Canto 50 Chatayus. The vulture from his slumber woke and heard the words which Sita spoke. He raised his eye and looked on her, looked on her giant ravisher. That noblest bird with pointed beak, majestic as a mountain peak, high on the tree addressed the king of giants, wisely counselling, O ten necked lord, I firmly hold to fate and laws ordained of old and thou my brother shouldst refrain from guilty deeds that shame and stain the vulture king supreme in air chatius is the name i bear thy captive known by sita's name is the dear consort and the dame of rama the heir who makes the good of all his care lord of the world in might he vise WITH THE GREAT gods OF SEAS AND SKIES, THE LAW HE BOASTS TO KEEP ALLOWS, NO KING TO TOUCH AN OTHER'S AND MORE THAN ALL, A PRINCE'S DAME, HIGH HONOR AND RESPECT MAY CLAIM. BACK TO THE ART, THY WAY incline, Nor THINK OF ONE WHO IS NOT DYING. HEROIC SOULS SHOULD HOLD IT SHAME, TO STOOP THE DEEDS WHICH OTHERS BLAME, AND ALL RESPECT BY THEM IS SHOWN. To dames of others as their own. Not every case of bliss and gain the scripture's holy text explain, And subjects, when that light is dim, Look to their prince and follow him. The king is bliss and profit, he, is store of treasures fair to see, And all the people's fortunes spring, Their joy and misery from the king. If, lord of giant race, thy mind, be fickle false to sin inclined how wilt thou our kingly place retain high thrones in heaven no sinners gain the soul who its gentle passions sway never throws its nobler part away nor will the mansion of the base long be the good man's dwelling place prince rama chief of high renown has wronged it not in field or town Never has he sinned against thee, How canst thou resolve to harm him now? If moved by Surpneha's prayer, The giant Kara sought him there, And fighting fell with baffled aim, His, and not Rama's, is to blame. Say, my the lord of giants, say, What fault on Rama canst thou lay? What has the world's great master done, That thou should steal his precious one? quick quick the metal dame release let rama's concert go in peace lest scorched by his terrific eye beneath his red thou fall and die like pritra when lord indra threw the lightning flame that smote and slew ah fool with blinded eyes to take home to thy heart a venom snake ah foolish eyes too blind to see the dead's dire coils entangle thee. The prudent man his strength will spare, Nor lift a load too great to bear. Content is he with wholesome food, Which gives him life and strength renewed. But who would dare the guilty deed That brings no fame or glorious mead, Where merit there is none to win, And vengeance soon overtakes the sin? My cause of life, palestrious son, for sixty thousand years has run, Lord of my kind, I still remain mine old hereditary reign. I worn my ears am older far than thou, young Lord of Bow and car, in coat of glittering mail encased, and armed WITH arrows at thy waist, but not unchallenged shalt thou go, or steal the dame or doubt a blow thou canst not king before mine eyes bear off unchecked thy lovely prize safe as the truth of scripture bent by no close logic's argument stay if thy courage let thee stay and meet me in the battle fray and thou shalt stain the art with gore falling as kara fell before soon rama clothed in bark shall smite his proud foe in deadly fight rama from whom have ofttimes fled to date the hosts discomfited no power have i to kill or slay the princely yield are far away but soon shalt thou with fearful eye struck down beneath the arrows lie but while i yet have life and sense thou shalt not tyrant carry hands fair sita rama's honoured queen with lotus eyes and lovely mien whatever the pain whatever the cost though in the struggle life be lost the will of ragu's noblest son and deseret must be done stay for a while o Raban's stay one hour thy flying car delay, and from that glorious chariot thou shall fall like fruit from shaken bough for I to thee, while yet I live, the welcome of a foe will give. Canto fifty-one, the combat. Ravan's red eyes in fury rolled, Cried with his armlets, flashing gold, in high disdain by passions teared, he rushed against the sovereign bard, with clash and din and furious blows. Of murderous battle met the foes, Disarged by winds to clouds on high, Meet warring in the stormy sky. Then fierce the dreadful combat raised, As fiend and bird in war engaged, As if to winged mountains sped, To dire encounter overhead. Keen-pointed arrows thick and fast, In never-ceasing fury cast, rained heartling on the vulture king, and smote him on the breast and wing. But still that noblest part sustained, The cloud of shafts which raven reigned, And with strong beak and talons bent, The body of his foreman rent. Then, wild with rays, the ten-necked king Laid ten swift arrows on his string, Dread as the staff of death were they, So terrible and keen to slay straight to his ear the string he drew straight to the mark the arrows flew and pierced by every iron head the vulture's mangled body bled one glance upon the car he bent where cita wept with shrill lament then heedless of his wounds and pain rushed at the giant king again then the brave vulture with the stroke of his resistless talons broke the giant shafts and bow were on The fairest pulse and jewels shone. The monster paused, by rays unmanned, A second bow soon armed his hand, Whence pointed arrows, swift and true, In hundreds, yea, in thousands, flew. The monarch of the vultures plied, With ceaseless darts on every side, Showed like a bird that turns to rest, Close covered by the branch-built nest he shook his pinions to repel the storm of arrows as it fell then with his talons snapped in two the mighty bow which raven drew next with terrific wing he smote so fiercely on the giant's coat the harness glittering with the glow of fire gave way beneath the blow with storm of murderous stroke he beat the harnessed asses strong and fleet, Each with a goblin's monstrous face, The plates of gold his neck to graze. Then on the car he turned his ire, The well-moved car that shone like fire, And broke the glorious chariot, Broke the golden steps and pole and yoke. The chariots and the silken shade, Like the full moon to view displayed, Together with the guards who held, those emblems to the ground he fell. the royal vulture hovered over the driver's head and pierced and tore with his strong beak and dreaded claws his mangled brow and cheek and jaws with broken car and sundered bow his charioteer and team laid low one arm about the lady wound sprang the fierce giant to the ground spectators of the combat all The spirits viewed the monster's fall. Loading the vulture, every one Cried with glad voice, Well done, well done. But weak with length of days at last, The vulture's strength was falling fast. The fiend again essayed to bear The lady through the fields of air. But when the vulture saw him rise, Triumphant with his trembling prize, Bearing the sword that still was left, When other arms were lost or cleft once more impatient of repose swift from the art our champion rose hung in the way the fiend would take and thus addressing raven spake thou king of giants rash and blind wilt be the ruin of thy kind stealing the wife of rama him with lightning scars on chest and limb a mighty host obeys his will and troops of slaves his palace feel. His lords of state are wise and true, Kinsmen has he and ratenier. As thirsty travellers drain the cup, Thou drinkest deadly poison up, The rash and careless fool who heeds No coming fruit of guilty deeds. A few short years of life shall see, And perish doomed to death like thee. Say, why thou wilt thou fly to lose their neck from death's entangling noose caught like a fish that finds too late the hook beneath the treacherous bait never o king of this be sure will ragu's fiery sons endear terrific in their vengeful rays this insult to their hermitage thy guilty hands this day have done a deed which all reprove and shun unworthy of a noble chief the pillage loved by coward thief Stave thy heart allow thee stay, And meet me in the deadly fray, soon shalt thou stain the art with gore, and fall as Kada fell before. The fruits of former deeds overpower, the sinner in his dying hour, And such a fate on thee, O king, thy tyranny and madness bring. Not even the self existent lord, who reigns by all the walls adored, would dare attempt a guilty deed, which the dire fruits of crime succeed. Thus brave Jataios, best of birds, addressed the fiend with moving words. Then, ready for the swift attack, swooped down upon the giant's back. Down to the bone the talons went, with many a wound the flesh was rent. Such blows inferior drivers deal dear elephants with pointed steel fixed in his back the strong beak lay the talons stripped the flesh away he fought with claws and beak and wing and tore the long hair of the king steel as the royal vulture beat the giant with his wings and feet swelled the fiend's lips his body shook with furious rays too great to broke about the metal dame he cast one huge left arm and held her fast in furious rage to frangy fanned, he struck the vulture with his hand Chatayus mocked a vain assay and ran his ten left arms away down dropped the severed limbs and knew ten others from his body grew thus bright with pearly radiance glide Red serpents from the hillock side; again in red the giant pressed, the lady closer to his breast. And foot and feast sent blow on blow in ceaseless fury on the foe, so fierce and dire the battle waste between those mighty champions raised. Here was the lord of giants, there the noblest of the birds of air as his love of rama taught the fateful vulture strove and fought but ravan seized his sword and smote his wings and side and feet and throat at mangled side and wing he bled he fell and life was almost fled the lady saw her champion lie his plumes distained with gory die, and hastened to the vulture's side grieving as though a kinsman died the lord of lanka's island viewed the vulture as it lay whose back like some dark cloud was healed his breast a pearly gray like ashes when by none renewed the flame has died away the lady saw with mournful eye her champion pressed a plain the royal bard her true valley whom Raven's might had slain her soft arms locked in strict embrace around his neck she kept, and lovely with her moon-bright face bent over her friend and wept, and of cantos for the and fifty-one.